In today's episode, we're speaking to Joe Burns. Joe is an IT specialist who was earning over 100K at one point in his corporate career, yet he struggled with his finances. He is now working as a money master, as a money coach, and he's helping other people with their money stories. Let's find out how Joe worked on his mindset to change his life. Let's find out. Money Mindset with Girl Khan podcast will help you to break free from your limiting beliefs, reverse your money shame and blast through your money blocks so that you can live a life of unlimited abundance. In this podcast, we will talk about energy tools and mindset strategies that will help you to understand and change your relationship with money, whether you're in a job, profession or working on your passion. Change your relationship with money to change your life. I'm your host, Gul Khan. Let's get started. Welcome, welcome. It's Gul Khan, Money Mindset Expert. And guess what? I have an absolute treat. We have the one and only Joe Burns. Welcome, Joe. How are you? I'm doing good. Thanks, Gul, for having me on the show. Oh, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. So you guys have heard the intro. You know what an amazing individual Joe is. But Joe, tell everybody from your own words what it is that you do. Uh, really, I mean, it's kind of fun because it's similar to what you do, right? Um, it's really just helping people with their money relationships, helping them get a better relationship with money so they can make more and create bigger impact in the world. Like To put it simply, you know, I mean, there's more than that. But really, I just want this world for people to really hit their dreams. Mm. And one time we run into a problem of where money just ends up being that resource, which we need to get there. Yeah. And people just have a really bad relationship with it. So. I agree. I agree. That. So you, yeah, that's exactly what we do is help people change their relationship with money, which is fabulous. And this is why I'm so excited to have you. So Joe, I mean, I've had my story and you have had your story. That's the reason why you're able to help other people. So today um, I want you to share with us, how is it that you, where did you start and how did you end up here doing what you do? Start at the beginning. Yeah, this is, this is kind of a crazy story because as I look back at it, there's so many indications in my life that helped me get here. Mm. I look back and find the cool stories, right? Of like back when I was 10 and, and I negotiated for a better wage, you know, helping my brother deliver papers, right? We delivered mm. newspapers for people who don't know what newspapers are. It might be younger audience, <laughs> right? I mean, the things that used to get delivered to your house, it doesn't happen anymore. Um, yeah, the, the news, newspaper around. I remember my brother used to do that, go on his bicycle and go and deliver newspaper to everyone right? in the morning. I, I had that. one of those, right? I'd walk <laughs> in the snow and... and um, so that's when I look back, but um, I think the culmination of my real story is... Um, the financial crisis of 2008 in the United States. Hmm. Um, that's where things really started changing um, for me and my wife. Um, and it kind of started me down this journey, even though I didn't know it at the time. Hmm. Um, we had a lot of, there, there was a lot of craziness happening and I didn't like lose my job or anything um, from my perspective, but really where the story starts is there. So in 2008, under crazy times, right? I mean, I just chalked up to crazy times, people doing things they wouldn't normally do, but they do it, Right. So I was working in IT. That was my career of choice um, that I had. And my wife was working at a small credit union. Um, and in the span of six to eight weeks-ish, she was held up twice at gunpoint um, at her job. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So uh, the story starts off really heavy. And and for, for us as a family, you know, it's just me and her. There was a lot of disruption that happened because of that, right? Um, some childhood trauma kicked in because of that that she was unaware of. And then when you look at the world of PTSD and mental health, um, our, our journey started there. Mm. You know, and everybody keeps always asking me, it's like, but you always start with this story, Joe. How does it deal with money? Well, it does a lot. Like part of that was I was unhappy with my job. So we decided to 
I mean, I, that made a little light of it now, but we decided like it would be best for us to move 2000 miles away for a new job opportunity. <laughs> okay. That's and quite, to kind of get away. Quite drastic. It, it is a bit drastic. And, you know, I, looking back at it, I'm like, it, there were some huge benefits because of it. Um, and I'll get into that in a minute, but we figured a fresh start. Um, we didn't understand the the gravity of the the mental health and the PTSD and everything she went through. Mm. So we're like, let's get away from like where it happened. Let's get away from a lot of other life things happening at the time. Mm. Um, and I found a, a much better job across the country. And so that's what we decided to do, go on an adventure. Mm. Um, and, and it turned out to be, again, really good. But through the process, uh, I learned a lot about money. Mm. Um, you know, I was making about 55,000 USD uh, per year at my job in IT, which was also for myself a little concerning because I'm like, it was like the early, well, this is 2008, right? So it's still like the high time tech mecca area, right? Where if you're in tech, you make a lot of money, right? That was always the kind of- that, That's um, the people thing. If, you, if you're in IT, if you're in tech, then you must be making a lot of money, yeah. Yeah, that was, that was always the thing, right? And I wasn't, I'm like, man, why not? What am I doing wrong, right? Mm. Do I need more skills, right? I always went back to, do I need more skills to increase my skill set so I can make more money? Mm. Which is important because I always kept going after that. And I think a lot of people get stuck in that spot where they keep going mm. after the skill set, right? Oh, I just need mm. more skills and then I can make more money. Mm. And I'm like, so I did that thing, right? But so this new job opportunity was awesome. So I move across the country and I got a $30,000 a year raise. Right? Okay. Moving, I mean, moving markets, they always say, you know, you move jobs and you can make more money. Mm-hmm. So I moved markets. It was a completely different market. Um, we figured my wife would work out there because again, we were very naive about the mental health situation. Mm-hmm. And it was, we got out there, <laughs> I got into my job. My job was really cool. I loved what I was doing. She tried to work and then started having flashbacks. And then we we figured, oh, this was even worse. So we went from like, around 75,000 combined income down to like, or just up to about 82, because that's what mm-hmm. I negotiated, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what I didn't realize was that we were living in Utah, um, where I grew up, and we moved to Maryland. And mm-hmm. if anybody knows the economics of the United States, Maryland is way more expensive to live in than in Utah. Right. Our cost, our cost of living went up by like almost 20%. Oh, wow. Okay. Right. So I got a small raise, but overall household income, right? So it started this this piece in me to be like, okay, so now we have to make ends meet, right? I moved, made all this money. I was super happy, but now we have to make ends meet. And it got a little hard. I'm going to interject here. The fact that you had raised, your money was raised, don't forget that your taxes would be more as well, wouldn't it? Because in UK, if two people are earning 80K, they pay less taxes because of, you know, you'll get your, uh, you know, you don't have to pay the taxes in certain taxes in the first 12 and whatever else. But one person making 80K would be paying more taxes. Wouldn't you say? Is um, that the case in, in America? In the US, it's a little different because we've always combined our taxes together, right? Ah, okay. So it doesn't make a difference. Okay. Well, it makes a big difference because we're moving states, right? So mm-hmm. in, in, in the United States, um, you have your federal income tax, but you also have your state income tax. Okay. And the difference in that was a lot, right? right. It was okay, like so three... people forget the taxes. We have to pay taxes, right? Yeah. yeah and they yeah. take a big chunk of your income, especially if you're employed. Yes. Yes. So, and then that's a good thing to call up, right? Because everybody's like, oh, tax is moving. Because that's part of the cost of living I didn't understand, mm. right? That I didn't even think about. Like it was 3% more just in income mm. tax, which is wow. a huge hit. It is. It plus, is. Of course it is. Plus, like we live, we moved to Maryland and we weren't far away from Washington, D.C. So there's tons of money out there, but also cost of living, housing, yeah. like all those things are really expensive. Yeah. Food costs more. Like everything was like, we were, <laughs> you know, life teaches you a lot of lessons. Yeah. In this, in this case, 
uh, we were super naive in what we even did. Like this was an adventure that we had no clue what we were going to mm-hmm. get into, right? No clue. And sometimes, I don't know, some people might say that's the best. Um, if I had to do it again, I would do it differently, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So getting into like where I start learning about money, because as we got out there, my wife's PTSD progressively got a lot of worse. Oh, bless. Um, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, it's, it, it's a, see, PTSD and mental health issues, if left um, unresolved, only get worse over the time. You can't just ignore the problem and put it, push it under the carpet. This no. idea is completely misplaced. Go, oh, just ignore it. Just get over it. It doesn't happen. It gets worse. It's a yeah. disease. It, it, it really is, right? And, she, mm-hmm. and to the point where she wanted to take her life, right? Oh, bless. Okay. Um, so, uh, you know, it, it, it got to that point and I'm just like, you know, marching along every day, just like, how can I make, you know, ends mean I have to make sure the family's all taken care of. I have to make sure she's taken care of, right? There's a lot of pressure, um, yeah. you know, and a lot of times in pressure in life, that's where we start learning, you know, what we're capable of and what we yeah. can do. So what I did was I, I buckled down and I thought what everybody would think, if I can just make more money, then some of these problems will go away, mm. right? So I was really good at my job. Um, we had a house back in Utah, you know, so I'm like cashing out 401ks to try to keep, like I'm doing all these really bad financial things mm. to try to keep, you know, to to be responsible, right? Because everybody's like, oh, be responsible for everything you have. So I'm like, I'm trying to, you know, I'm cashing out retirement stuff. I'm doing all this stuff to try to keep uh, the house back here so we can sell it properly, at the same time, right? The 2008 financial crisis in the United States was caused because of housing. Mm. So we bought our house like in December of 2007, which was the worst Ooh. time we could have bought. Yeah. So we bought worst super time. high and then we couldn't sell it. Yeah. Right. Oh, so, oh so how, I did that. My entire property portfolio <laughs> was bought between 2006 and 2007. The peak, <laughs> the ultimate peak of, <laughs> and it's still, it's still literally just, it literally over the last 10 years or so just come up. So come I back. know I felt it. We felt it here in the UK too. Right. So all those things happen. So I think it's kind of the culmination of everything. And, you know, in my mind back to, you know, before I figured mm-hmm. if I could just make more money, cause that's what everybody teaches, right? If you can just make, make more, more money, money, yeah, yeah, all your, your problems will start going away. And I'm like, that's not really true. So let's talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I had creditors I was calling, right. And I got to the point where I was just like calling people and saying, Hey, this is how much money I have for you this month. Because what was most important was that when my wife was getting the mental health um, care that she needed. Yeah. And in some cases, like, other hot topics in the United States, right? And health insurance isn't that great here, hmm. right? And so we were trying to negotiate um, different things with the healthcare providers and some accepted our insurance, some didn't. But the care that she needed was at some of these other facilities where we had to pay more out of pocket, right? So right. my expenses went up even more. Right. So the, the time that kind of like finally hit me as, as we were out there for a couple of years and kind of just making, you know, making it do, I got a couple of raises, which was cool, right? Make hmm. more money. So now I'm making about 106,000, right? So mm-hmm. I got like a $20,000 or, or 20,000 a year raise, right? In the process at the same place, right? Just mm-hmm. negotiated my raise and, and kept working hard. Um, and it kind of hit me once about the money thing, because I'm still calling creditors because we, we lost the house. We couldn't keep that. And that, that for me, I didn't really care about because my wife was still alive, right? Mm-hmm. Still just like the trade-offs we do with money and finances. <laughs> and um, Wasn't the house on rent? Did you put that house on rent? Um, we couldn't rent it out for as much as our mortgage was. Like, like again, our mortgage was too high. The the amount that they wanted that we had to sell it for was too high. We found someone to short sell it to, but then we were gonna have to pay a bunch of money. And I'm like, I don't, we don't have money, right? So it's this negotiation around like where our finances were and what we could what we could get out. So you know, at the end of the day, um, through all this, we foreclosed on a house, mm. um, and that's another story because the bank was super mean about it and all that fun stuff. 
Um, but just like getting barraged from all these different places and, and mm. money was the thing that would solve it all, right? Of that's course, of course. I mean, solve it all. Mm. Um, but what really hit me was I was making, like I said, I got that second raise and making like $106,000 a year. Mm. and Which is a lot of money by, by many people's standard. Yes, it is. Like we're making a lot of money. The problem is I still felt broke, right? We had so many bills and just the emotional weight of what my wife was going through. And, and I still felt like it was just not enough. Um, mm. And I remember going to uh, my local church leader uh, at some point, making 106,000. Like, I, I can't stress this enough because people feel like if you hit 100,000 or you hit more, like, life you're rich. They see, yes. yeah, they see, oh, you're, you're rich. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no. It's like, I, that's not yeah. the case, right? Yeah, I know. And obviously, there's choices along the way. Um, but we go to our local church leader because we needed help buying food. Like, I couldn't, I couldn't pay all the bills and buy food, mm. right, for my family. Like, it just got to that point. And that was, that was one of my days I felt the lowest. Mm. So I'm like, because again, back to like you just said, goal, right? Like that concept of you're making all this money, but you can't even buy food for your family. Like mm -hmm. what kind of provider are you? Like all yeah. these thoughts started going yeah. through my head. Yeah. You know, and and people, like I say, the credit card companies and all these people I owed money to, they weren't kind either, right? They're just mm -hmm. like, can't you pay your bills? <clears throat> blah, blah, blah. Like they just, they just keep stacking up, stacking up. Mm -hmm. um, I have to say though, I'm going to stop here. I think the, the credit card companies in UK have been, like I went through that crisis, you know, because I went through a divorce at the same point. And I was giving them token payments at one point. Just like yeah. that's all I could afford. So all of them, um, you know, even when we negotiated the token payments or whatever, they, they weren't really happy about it, but they had they had to by law ask me, are you able to pay your commitment to the council tax? You know, the essentials and yeah. and your mortgage and whatever. So you've got a roof overhead with the young kids. So they I I have to say that the credit card companies in the UK weren't too bad. They weren't mean so to speak of course i wanted something out of me and some in the beginning all i could afford was a token payment of one quid yeah but i did that and then obviously later on they said barrage me like can you pay more can you pay more and they have to go through this bloody income expenditure but just saying it's interesting how you know the two perspectives are around the same area at the same time by the way so yeah. this is why it's interesting to think that you know they were they were nice at UK and maybe the ones I found. Were nice. <laughs> well, I mean, I wouldn't say all of them. Some of the ones we had, you know, they dropped my interest rate down to zero percent. We had a fixed oh, wow. payment. Okay. For yeah, so that's long, what they did right? for me as well. Yeah. So, so some, but some of them were really not so nice, right? Yes. And and they called out, and I'm like, listen, I got twenty five bucks for you this month. Do you want it? And the conversation was the same every time. Mm -hmm. Blah blah blah. This is your minimum payment. This is how much you owe us. I'm like, yeah, I know that. I understand that. I have twenty five dollars. Do you want it? Mm -hmm. Right. And in some cases, and they would always say yes. I told him one time, I'm like, listen, I can go give it to somebody else because I owe other people money. Like, it's up to you guys. But just this mounting pressure of, you know, money would solve all the problems. But what I learned through the process was if I can focus on the things that are most important, then, you know, which is my relationship with me, my relationship with my wife, keeping, make sure that we're healthy, sane, then I can find solutions for everything else. Yeah. Right. And then that's, you know, walk away. And my relationship with money started getting much better that way. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and, and some things came through. Uh, we were able to pay some of the debt down. Like I said, we lost the house, but I mean, I wasn't too concerned about that. And even the mortgage company, you know, back to like the credit card conversation, they were pretty mean. They're like, this is going to drop your credit score, blah, blah, blah. And it did. Mm -hmm. um, you know, what they don't tell you is you can repair your credit in just a couple of years. And mine went from, you know, the United States has the rating system of like, you know, in the hundreds, it's a hundred numbers, right? And mine went from like 750 down to 500, which was mm -hmm. a huge hit. Yeah, mine too. Yeah, I um, say we have the same system here. Okay, so mm. the the crazy thing is, in two years it was back at seven twenty five. So I mean, my foreclosure stayed on my credit for seven years, but I mean, it, it was a life choice I had to make, mm. right? So through all of this, looking and seeing, you know, 
what did I need to do? And, and, and as time went on, I, I made more money at my business, at my company. Like I got more raises and life started getting a little easier. And at one point I was making, um, you know, I, I finally hit the, the Mecca of like the $10,000 a month thing mm-hmm. in a corporate job. So I mm-hmm. felt pretty good. But what was important was I understood more how money worked, mm-hmm. more how my, I myself functioned, right? In my mm-hmm. own relationship with myself. And my wife stayed alive, which uh, that was my end goal, right? She, yeah. she got the help she needed. She's still here um, and now rocking it. And mm-hmm. so, you know, looking back at like so many times we can be so hard on ourselves through like these processes. Yeah. Um, you know, and we can listen to the outside voices of people saying, you know, you're, you're bad for not paying your bills or, you know, you're, if you just give us some money or something like they're all wanting something. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I, and like I say, I, I kind of got to the point of through this process where I didn't feel so their words didn't hurt because I had to protect myself. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, looking back at kind of what I had to do to kind of rebuild myself in a way that, that I felt good about myself. Right. And I felt good about what I was doing, no matter what happened to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and money was one of those. And it was kind of cool as I look back at it, you know, and it kind of my relationship blossomed with it. Right. And mm-hmm. I started like being like, huh, well, if this was the worst of the worst, like what can I do in the best of best situations? Exactly. Right? Start applying mm-hmm. the same principles, mm-hmm. um, and and it really started changing my thinking around money and and how I interact with it and how I, I teach about it and all that fun stuff. So, okay, fun. so yeah. how did we get to you know going from a um, an IT employee to a money coach? Then how did that that transition work? <laughs> That's always a fun story. Um, so after after all the the craziness that we went through, right, of those first few years, hmm. um, my mental health was okay, but it wasn't awesome. Hmm. Uh, so as, as we go through, like 2012 timeframe comes around and my wife's starting to feel better. She's starting to see the light out at the end of the tunnel. Days are, are, are starting to feel good to her again, hmm. right? And she's, um, she's worked through a lot of her trauma things and um, dealing with those. Um, and then that's kind of when I had my break, right, which was kind of funny. Now we look back at it. At the time, it wasn't funny because I'm like, I don't know what I want in life, blah, blah, blah. Like I started having all these realizations. Um, the biggest thing was I realized I had a voice, right? Mm. We've been married uh, for quite some time already. And I'm like, hey, I can use my voice. And she's like, yeah, you can. I'm like, cool. Well, in that, I'm like, I don't know like, if I want this anymore, right? And she's, and we were at dinner one time and she's like, what do you mean by this? I mean, like us, like all this chaos that, that always comes and all this stuff. Um, so we actually talked divorce for a while. Wow. Okay. Because we weren't sure, right? So at the end of like all this, and she's like, I'm feeling better. And she was kind of floored by it. Um, and I was too, because I'm like, I don't know. Like, I don't know what I want anymore um, in a lot of this stuff, right? Trying to understand so you, myself. So at that time, you knew that you didn't want to be in IT or in as in that in that job anymore? Well, I didn't know that yet, right? Oh, but okay. I was, oh, yeah. Okay. Just knew, knew that something was missing. Okay. Yeah. Something was missing. Like, I didn't know what. I don't know. It was a marriage and the chaos there. Um, work was well. Um, but I kind of around that time too, I started having that realization. It's like, do I want to do this for like another 40 years, mm. right? Um, so who knows? So anyways... Fast forward some, we, we moved back to Utah. Um, I was remote working at the company. I was still working at there. Um, so we could be back closer to family. I figured, well, maybe the chaos in my life is I have no support system. Yeah. We'd made some friends out there, but all our family was back in the Western side of the United States. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're all there. Um, so funny enough, her when we come back, her aunt invited us to go to like this seminar. Um, and I'm like, well, I, we just moved, so I can't go. So mm-hmm. my wife went for like three days by herself. And the funny thing is, it was a relationship seminar and she's like yeah. <laughs> there by herself. And so uh, she's like, I love this so much. I think this is what we need. Mm. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. We're doing well, right? We just had the divorce talk. We were all feeling well, but she signed us up to go like the next February or something like it. It was like three or four months away. So I'm like, okay, fine. So we we um, go to like this little mountain retreat in Utah. Mm. Um, 
then go to this this thing and i and i'm sitting there and i'm like i kind of was resistant i was going because she wanted me to go but i didn't really want to go mm. um, and then i says i sat there i'm like well okay so i'm a smart guy i started doing the numbers in my head i'm like i'm taking vacation time to do this it's costing me money mm. so now I might as well just like learn something, right? Mm. And kind of let my heart and soften a little bit. And I sit there and I'm like, oh, I like what this guy's teaching, right? So through the process, we got three days, right? We signed up for like coaching with him. And that's kind of my world into like, kind of my first step into the personal development world of me mm. actually working on me, like consciously, right? Before I was making do, I was like figuring out how to make it happen. Um, and at that, that point, like through that coaching program is when I decided that I liked IT, but I was tired of not being able to create a bigger impact in the world. Yeah. Uh, so I wanted to do like, at first I really thought about like, well, maybe I can like, you know, help family members like me, right? People going through PTSD, like help their family members, right? I can help coach them or do something mm-hmm. like that, right? And that's kind of where the concept started. And then as I started going through it, I really started figuring out that I actually have an affinity to money. I can help people work on their relationships with it mm-hmm. and they have like stellar results. Um, so it's kind of something that morphed into it, but I knew like at that time, uh, that was like February, 2014, I'm like, I'm done with IT. What's my exit strategy? It's mm. time to move on to do something more that I feel is impactful in the world. Not that IT can't be, but I just never f- had a passion. Like I didn't want to go create a company around it, right? To go mm. you know, create some software that's going to change the world. I just always work for people. Um, so that's kind of the moment, right? I had kind of a light switch. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is like something I've been looking for. Because um, I'd always wanted to work for companies that like make or created impact for people. Mm. And never, I, you know, I, you can always find a way for corporations of, of like how they impact society and, uh, and different things. Um, but it was never, it never satiated kind of that, that part inside of me that's like, I want to create bigger impact. I would really want to affect people's lives. So through all that, and I'm like, cool, let's just do it. So I spent the next few years building my business and um, here we are today. So it's just kind of a, a calling inside that I never knew what it was until I saw it. Wow. And I love the fact that you had to every step of the way work on yourself. Every time you worked on yourself, even maybe not consciously work on yourself, but you were working yourself, you had a pay rise. And slowly but surely, you realize that you need to change your relationship with money. And that's what you've went ahead to do. And that's not possible. So in order for you to change your relationship with money, you have to change the way you think about money. So you have to work on your mindset. Hence, you need to change your mindset to change your life. That's the tagline for, for this segment of our podcast. And that is, and that's the prime example from somewhere who was struggling, uh, even with 100K as his income level, which is really high for most by most people's standards, yeah. yet you were struggling with 100K. Whereas now you've got your own business and it's thriving and you're thriving in the sense that you're helping other people build their mindset and change their mindset and energy and relation with money. Exactly what I do, which is perfect. I think we both have different methodologies. We have different tools and um, tools and techniques we use but we get to the same destination through different routes, which is yeah. which is amazing, which is absolutely amazing. Well, thank you so much for sharing um, your journey with us and sharing your, your intimate details with us. We really appreciate it. Thank you for being so open and so candid. And we wish you and your wife the best of luck. Tell us, Joe, how can we find you and how can we connect with you? Uh, best way is uh, my website, which is josephmburns.com. Um, has all my social media handles on there. I have a YouTube channel that I post to generally weekly. Um, mm-hmm. that just talks about kind of the different aspects of what I see with money and how we interact with it. So um, okay. those are the best ways to get a hold of me. Fantastic. So both the the link to the YouTube channel and to his website will be, um, if you're listening to this on the podcast, will be in the show notes. And if you're watching this on YouTube, 
down below, you will find the in the description section uh, the links to Joe. So I do recommend you go and connect with him. He's an amazing soul. And he's got passion for something that I have passion for, which is money, <laughs> which is fabulous. <laughs> right, Joe, we have to have you back and we have to you know pick your brains. And obviously, we're going to be talking about money. It's my favorite topic in the world. So we'll have um, Joe back on our Money Talkie segment and there we can learn some you know, golden nuggets from him so that we can build our businesses and we can bring more abundance and more money into our lives. Thank you so much, Joe, for being with us today. And for everybody watching or listening today, thank you so much for joining me. I will be back on another Friday, Friday Future segment talking to another amazing soul and an amazing individual who will show us you know, how they change their life by changing their mindset. Until the next time we meet, this is Gold Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now. If you want to learn more about my energy tools and mindset strategies, then please visit my website www.gulkhan.com. And if you want to take part in our five-day abundance mindset makeover workshop, where I deep dive into energy tools for abundance, then please go to www.abundancemindsetmakeover.com and register. I look forward to being your mentor in the next workshop. And if you want to learn about the spiritual laws of money, then go and get my book, Laws of Money, from www.lawsofmoney.com. Until the next time we meet, this is Gul Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now.